Did you guys do on PXMD? I traded it really well. I'm not up on it as much as I'd like to be. Um, I am having a hard time with confidence taking like solid size. So I traded it really well. But considering how well I traded it, I'm not up that much. Yeah. What are you up? Uh, I'm up 1200 on it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I'm up 550 on it. And I, I was red on it all morning. And then even into the open, I was red. And then I was just like, man, how am I red on a ticker? You know, that's up like almost 200%. And then that halt down. Yeah. And Tom was even saying the discord, I'm going to buy it when it opens. And that was basically my game plan too. And that got me almost out of the red. And then the second pullback to like the 15 EMA on the one minute, I really sized into that one. It popped up like 7%, closed it. And then that was my big winner of the day. It's only worth it if you work for it. It's only worth it if you work for it. I won't stop till they hear me now. I won't stop till I wear the crown. Yeah, that second pullback to that EMA that you were talking about, you can tell that there was a lot of traders soaking those orders because yeah. the price was kind of like stuck there for like 10, 15, 20 seconds and the tape was flying. And you can tell it's like right on that support level. You, you could tell that yeah. there's going to be support at least one more pop to the upside. I thought we were actually going to curl close to the um, high of day, but um, yeah, we didn't really get that which was sucks but we didn't really get any good it was like kind of like a trade uh it was kind of like a stock where he had to jump on the train and yeah. that was it there was no <laughs> extra you know consolidation one minute bull flag continuation one minute bull flag continuation you know so it was I, definitely i agree definitely tough. i thought the price action on it was actually pretty difficult same yeah i'll yeah. just let people see the screen uh just while we talk about it for reference it's kind of making a head and shoulder right now in the five minute but yeah sorry dan i didn't want to cut you off i was just wanting to share the screen for viewers no i wasn't saying anything no. nothing important i think and <laughs> and if we didn't have those halts like i feel like we could have done a lot better i could have definitely done a lot better but there was only five minutes of actual front side action yeah, it was horrible. And the 10-minute halts, too, kind of spook a lot of people. I know they spooked the heck out of me. I was like, ugh. Yeah. yeah. I um, I was a little frustrated on the first halt because I had it at 622. I had like 2,000-ish shares, and I bailed at 619 literally the moment before it went to 645 and then 50 and then straight through to whatever it was, 65. Yeah, yeah. I I did something similar, but there was that second red candle at the open. I really sized into that. It popped up. It didn't break out, pulled back, and I closed. And then it just pops up again and then just rips. And I'm like, duh. <laughs> but yeah, it moved, yeah. it moved really fast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was over before it began. Did you did anyone trade CDIO? Yeah. Because that was a pretty I pretty traded I traded CDIO really pretty well. Um I traded it first from the consolidation right at 90. That made a really nice 
consolidation pattern. And then I was scaling out through a dollar and higher. And then I added at 108 as it was holding up and looked like it wanted to break 110 into the next halt level. And then I oh, took wow, the, yeah, those are great trades. I took it as it reclaimed that wick at 140. And then I sold into the 60s. Nice. <laughs> that was a big everything move. right with it. Yeah, that was a big move. Um, really frequently, we see those penny stocks when they break a dollar, they just launch and then they can be really choppy and hard to trade. So I, I was kind of aware of that and wasn't too hasty to get into any bad positions. Makes sense. If you look at the uh, daily chart on it, it perfectly went to the 180 SMA and to major support and resistance right at 167, 170 area. <clears throat> that was beautiful. Yeah, I didn't I didn't trade this one. Somehow I was kind of like frustrated with PMXD. I was just got green on the day and I, I didn't really want to, you know, pivot and give back all my profits right away again. So I was yeah. a little bit um a little bit stressed out. Uh, yeah, the only other ticker I traded with THAR and that was not nothing nothing exciting. That was just a little popping. I was actually up on this one 100 and, and then I gave it right back again. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Danny, are you Danny, are you out of your drawdown yet? <laughs> no. No. Uh no. Yeah. Last week was awful. I traded so bad. Um I can't remember if I was green at some point last Thursday or Friday. Um Monday was a really solid green day. Tuesday was a small red day. Wednesday was a small red day. Thursday was a big red day. Friday was a bigger red day. Oh. Um, yesterday, oh, I started man. the day down 2000 from DBGI. And then with LIFW, I was up like 4,800 on LF, LIFW at highs. I gave half of that back and then took a $2,000 loss on TNON. So I went from up about down down 2000 to up 2400 back down to down a thousand so that was really frustrating um wow. today i'm solid green about 2100 um but no i'm still in like a twenty thousand dollar drawdown yeah it's tough during the slow periods that whole last month was like was treacherous it was a yeah. recipe to like completely bury yourself in a hole so deep where it take a long time to get back. Um, yeah, not many people did not dig a hole last month. A lot of a lot of traders were struggling for sure. Uh, even just scrolling on on Twitter, just a lot of people were taking massive losses last month. Um, but if you can keep that to minimum, like that's that's definitely key. And then you know, one one or two good days in a good market, and you're back at all time highs. That's like, that's golden, you know, that's golden. Yeah, I uh, the problem necessary isn't necessarily the size of the drawdown. It's just 
the inconsistency of my own trading. Mm. It would Same. only take like five days like this to get out of it. I just keep making basically the same mistakes of essentially just sticking around too long. Yeah. Yeah. That's really what it is, huh? It's like, you know, you, you get a nice trade or two and then it's like, it's so easy to go, go back in the red or something. Yeah. If you, if you keep sticking around. Yeah, it's that's really my problem as well. And it's it's just beyond frustrating. I don't, I'm not even sure there's I'm not even sure if there's not much to do to it, uh, do uh, against it. I mean, obviously, you could just leave, but um, then you never have the decent green days that get you out of the hole. So it's right. It's, yeah, I've it's, been kind of struggling with that, too, especially at the end of last week, last Friday. I was like, all right, I'm just I'm done. I'm not trading next week at all. And then, of course, you know, I come back in Monday. I'm feeling a little better from the weekend and traded LIFW really, really well. Um, I just didn't get out early enough. It was nice to see a $5,000 profit on something really pretty quickly. Uh, but still, the market is just like you need to get out. Um with the momentum on PXMD today as well, though, after yesterday, I was like, this is probably just a one-off move. It doesn't mean anything for the rest of the week because that's what happened last week with RVPH, yeah. which had a nice squeeze on Monday. <clears throat> Traded that well, and there was literally nothing at all the entire rest of the week, not a single good move. So that was what I was expecting coming into today. Um, but then we got PXMD as well. And so... I am a little bit more hopeful, but we'll see. Yeah, just just barely more helpful. Yeah, I'm I'm like hopeful in fact of it's like Q4, but other than that, my hope is right. I don't know, like I, it's kind of what we said on the last pod, where it's like our expectation or my expectations, and I know yours are just kind of like whatever. Like you know, what's everyone's game plan going forward? I don't care. <laughs> it's just like I don't care. It's yeah. like. No, you know, what's the point of like holding yeah. our breath? It's kind of like, you know, we get what we can get uh, and try not to give back too much profit. I've I've officially reduced my max loss to uh, 500. So mm -hmm. I figured my strategy is mostly like if I can only if I can control like my share size and only be like really like trying to trade big size when there's actual opportunities then you know i'm okay with with wiping out if it does if i do happen to take a big loss like i'm okay with it because you know then you do have that knowledge that you know the market's still hot giving opportunities and you can still have that chance to either you know make most of that loss back in the same day or coming back tomorrow and knowing that there's likely going to be something else the next day but with something yeah. like last month is like i am not i am not going to you know, put on 5,000 shares or, you know, $10,000 position size or $15,000 position size, because it's, you take a big loss. It's, <laughs> I'm going to be stuck in a drawdown for weeks because there's going to be nothing. I'm going to be emotionally compromised forever because I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm still way so far off my high of, high of month or high of day or high of account. I mean, and it's just, 
Like that's just like a, a sh- crappy feeling. And then yeah. you try to, you know, make that back in a shitty market. It's just a recipe for a disaster. I would rather just, you know, wait for the market to turn around. And then, you know, when that time comes and pushing it be, and knowing that, you know, you have, you know, have your strategy, you know, down pat your consistency in that type of market. And, you know, there's no reason why you should push it. And that's why today I was like, you know, Mason was telling me like, just size down, just size down, protect the gain. I'm like, no way. Like we have this stock that's up 400%. Uh, yesterday you had a 400% gainer. Like this is the type of market that I need to be leaning into, you know, last month it's okay to be off the, off, off the screen, you know, trading small size here and there, not really, you know, pushing it, but something like today, like you have to lean into it and you're not going to grow. You're not going to have those consistent, you know, a few thousand dollar days. I'm never going to get to that level if I don't lean into a day like today. Yeah. And that's, that's why it's like, you know what? Like, you know, I see something like this. I got to take the opportunity and I got to trade yeah. well, trade big, you know, don't hold back in something like this. Yeah. I off. couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I hate it when people like I'll post my P and L and it's red or whatever. And people are like, why don't you try sizing down? Or why don't you try large caps? I'm like, well, trying a, a completely <laughs> different section of the market. Um, but yeah, I couldn't agree more when people tell me to size down. I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about, especially when we're seeing they might be one off big moves, but you need to be hitting those moves well. And yeah. if you're sizing down because you're scared or you're in a drawdown, like we've talked about this with Lawrence, it makes no sense if you're, I mean, for a beginner trader who has not reached profitability or has inconsistent results, sure, maybe size down. But if you are a profitable trader and you're just in a drawdown, I think one of the biggest differences between that person and a beginner trader is the ability to know when to size and when to be aggressive and what is the right timing to be more aggressive. And then especially when to back off. And this market makes it really hard to know when is the right time to back off. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like I, I made 4,800 on LIFW yesterday in yeah. 15 or 20 minutes because I was still using decent size. And that took me from negative 2,000 all the way up to 2,400 on the day. I yeah. overstayed my welcome a little bit, but that's not really the point. Yeah. All I need to do now is continue trading like that and just get out after I make those gains. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with not sizing down. I'm I'm also not a big fan. Then you get I mean, sometimes it's necessary, especially over the summer, and then just a not risk capital. But uh, yeah, I mean, when there's a hot move, that's what you got to go for. That's when you got to really size up. And I think, Tom, you did a really good job today identifying that and understanding what you got to do. And uh, that allowed you to you know, double your, your profits for the day. So that was huge. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Where'd you end up today, Tom? Uh, right now, 400. Nice. Solid yeah. day. On the after the front side, after the top out on um, PXMD, I was up like two fifteen or so, and then that's when I was like, you know what, I got to lean into it after this halt down, the first halt down, uh, and then off the ninety MA, that's when I was like, you know what, I got to lean into it. We didn't really get a nice solid bounce off that. Um, you know, I could have definitely had a bigger 
know, uh, if, you know, we had a nice solid bounce, like at least retracing yeah. half of that move off the highs. Um, but, you know, yeah, I would definitely, it was, definitely happy with the result. I am a little disappointed and a little surprised still that it had <laughs> such a full round trip. I guess I probably shouldn't be, but um, LIFW yesterday had a complete round trip as well. So I don't know why I'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, they don't hold two day, uh, too long. There's not a lot of multi-days, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was just kind of happy that... Um, that I kind of got back green, like it's so easy to be red, even when there's like a big mover, especially when there's not a lot of movers and some like, we're all kind of like, yeah, we did all right. And we're all kind of happy. We're green, but we could wish we were more green, but man, dude, it's, there's nothing worse than being red on a day where there's a nice gapper. I mean, yeah. I don't know how nice PMX MD was, but it was, it was okay, I guess. Um, so I'm, I'm just happy I'm green on it. I think I'd be so annoyed right now if I was red and that happens a lot too. Uh, cause I think I've been doing noticeably better, uh, not taking any trades at all pre-market. Cause I usually, mm -hmm. if I take a stab, I usually don't get an entry where I want to. And, and then I take a small red trade or a medium sized red trade. And then I'm coming into the open already a little frustrated or in a small hole. Yeah. And just not doing that at all anymore, I think has been really helpful for me. I've been kind of doing a different morning routine, spending a couple minutes to make my coffee, come into the computers, just yeah. like expecting that I'm not going to take a trade before 930. And it's been helpful. Yeah. I do think though that since you're on West Coast, it's a different idea playing uh trading pre-market versus the open because you should it's just so early in the morning for you to start trading at 7 a.m yeah. east what 4 a.m for you yeah i'm just not going to be up so <laughs> your brain's not going to be at 100 percent. so i don't yeah. blame you for that but uh there's definitely there was definitely a decent opportunity on pxmd pre-market for sure i think uh mm -hmm. it looked like I, it yeah for those of you uh, those are the people that do trade pre-market i I think it's a I think it's a good opportunity when it when it's giving opportunities. Yeah, it was really green. good actually. It was just a bad timing for me. I I logged off and then I saw in the Discord it was hot. I tried to get some trades on it, small green, small reds, and then more and more red. And then I was just like, ah. Um, but yeah, if that move was maybe at like seven, I think I would have clipped it nicely. But when yeah. you when I log off and have to quickly log back on, sometimes it's uh, a little throws you off a bit, and then you're chasing. Yeah. Yeah, you can't chase. Are any of you guys still trading? No, probably not. Danny's probably. Um, I took the little dip there on PXMD. I got a really terrible fill, though. So I'm trying to just manage this position now mm. and hopefully not get crushed. Uh, I hit the buy button at 577 and I got filled at 584 with solid size. So that really doesn't help me at all mm. but i'm gonna see if i can get out near six that could be a nice little pop still and left in it just a little scary because it's overall backside yeah 
Have you guys ever went to uh, Traders for a Cause? <clears throat> no, I haven't. I know there's a bunch of guys there now. Yeah. I would definitely like to go at least one time. That'd be, that'd be cool to check out one year. The thing is, though, a lot of the guys, a lot of the bigger traders that go there, um, they are the traders who are shorting the moves that we're trying to go long. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't totally know about that. Uh, well, you could probably learn a lot, have some good discussions. Those I, yeah. I've never been to Traders for a Cause, but I've been to one of Tim Sykes' big events, like the Trader Investor Summit. Oh, so I was looking. Oh, really? At and uh, it was kind of cool, like in terms of meeting a lot of traders. Uh, I was yeah. already trading crypto back then, so I and I was profitable because I was doing it for like two, three years, and just like support resistance, pretty basic stuff off the four hour, and. Uh, I mean, it was it was a cool way to just kind of meet some people. There's two I still occasionally write on Discord uh, today. But I mean, yeah, I'd probably go to another one of these events just to kind of get my feet wet a little bit with the community a bit more. Yeah. What we do, what we do here in, in the small caps is actually super, super niche. Like... Like if you look outside of what like our communities of just you know our small cap you know day trading chat rooms, yeah, like we're like a small little small little fish in like you know this huge freaking ocean of like futures traders, forex, large caps, indices, um, you know all these different types of trading, swing trading, long term investing. Um, yeah, we're very very niche. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Definitely agree. Yeah, go, going to any of those those big events probably are not going to be the people talking about, you know, micro scalping these small cap penny stock. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Tim Sykes. But yeah, that's it would it. be nice to hit the million dollar mark before going to one of those events. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be nice to hit the half million dollar mark. Yeah, that's a nice stamp of confidence. Have you hit your quarter million mark yet? I've been working on it all year. Uh, Dang, you must be so close, though. Yeah, uh, I've just been bouncing around up and down, though, for the last, like, two or three months, which hasn't been helping. Yeah. We all uh, I wanted to hit it by the end of this year. Um, it's unlikely at this point. I'm not going to say it's not possible, because um, if the rest of November stays kind of nice and December is decent, uh, it's definitely not out of the question, but not counting on it probably early next year or something like that. Right. Yeah. I, I hope so as well for me. I'm i I'm halfway there. I feel like I hit a hundred K and then I went like up another 50% and then I'd like just straight up plateaued for, for a year. Yeah. Up, yeah. down, up, I down. I felt the same. I've <laughs> felt the same many times. Oh my God. I was yep. like, all right, man, at this pace, because it was like an exponential PL chart, you know, mm -hmm. it was having like 5K months, then 7K months, then 9K months, then it was like 12K month. And then it was just like, yeah. <laughs> and then you hit a solid pullback. Yeah. Like, okay. And then yeah. you get close to being out of the drawdown. And then you make a few more mistakes. And then you're back in the drawdown. And it just goes on and on for a while. 
And then yeah, eventually yeah. you finally get back to account highs and keep going forward. But yeah, I'm super ready for that. I'm ready for my new account high and just like, you know, breaking it and just yeah. like running for like a month or two and like three months, you know, like minimum. <laughs> not not those six one day. months. Yeah. Let's go for a six month run. Yeah, six month run. Man, that just sounds like like a wet dream right there. <laughs> Have you have you looked in? Yeah. Um, I'm sure you have. Um, Danny has looked at uh, trading with Tim's P and L chart, not like long term, yeah. like actual like um, profit curve. That yeah. thing is insane. Like you can like these has to have been the most improved trader that I have actually witnessed. Like in a community, he was like literally making few hundred a day, few hundred a day, and then just blast off like. Now he's, you know, matching with the numbers that Crispy Trades does, which is like, you know, yeah. upwards of consistently over 5,000 a day, even in slow markets. Um, very impressive. Uh, definitely, definitely uh, impressive. Yeah, I, I've never really seen anything like that. He finally started taking bigger size, I guess. He had always been like fairly consistent, um, just small, small consistent profits. And then finally... <laughs> I guess um, sometime in the summer, he uh, started sizing up. I know that he stopped trading pre-market and I know that he started not doing limit orders, but doing market orders with TD. And mm -hmm. uh, I guess those couple of things, plus the sizing, um, mm -hmm. you know, when, you, when you've been a consistent trader for a long time, uh, it can be scary to take bigger size, but if you can take the exact same trades or manage them exactly like you would with 500 shares, just with 2000 now, yeah. the only thing that changes is your PL. So, I don't yeah. know what kind of size he was using on PXMD today. I know he was up 6,000 on it, which is awesome. Um, not sure how he traded it. Yeah. It's super true because, yeah, I mean, if you're doing 500 shares or 2,000 shares, it's not going to affect the market at that point, you know, until you're doing maybe right. like 20,000 shares. <clears throat> or your fills. Yeah. 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 It's not even going to affect your fills. So as long as the change. stock has decent yeah. enough volume and and if a stock doesn't have decent enough volume, it you shouldn't be trading it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm only talking about the tickers you should be trading and not yeah. the looking at your screen too long and then trading whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sizing up is is difficult because you have to like forcefully push yourself out of the comfort zone. And I think I think for me, like the the thing that's throwing me over the edge of like you know what, like I have to just do it is just like just the frustration of being like stagnant. Yeah, that is it. That is the thing that's going to push me to like actually <laughs> put some size put some risk on because of just the fact that, you know, I have the strategy. I'm consistent. I see other people doing consistent too, but on bigger size, like there's no different than yeah. what I'm trading. Somebody else is trading. It's just myself. And that, that, that idea is so frustrating that that is going to be the thing that propels me to forcefully push myself into, mm -hmm. you know, bigger size. That's what did it for me. Um, especially this year. And, and the beginning of this year, even as I was having really strong, solid months, I felt stagnant and like I wasn't seeing as much 
success and gains as I wanted to. And I felt like I was working really hard to be making the profit that I was making. Mm. And <laughs> at that point, the only answer is to take bigger size. Yeah. Otherwise it's not even really worth it. Like if you're, if you're pulling in, you know, $500 green day and then 250 red day, and you're just kind of like trending around this, maybe like average $200 day. It's, you know, it sounds nice, but opportunity cost wise, it might not be that great unless you're only trading for like yeah. the market open, you're closing your laptop, then it's actually not back. So then you're doing that in like, you know, an hour, but yeah, otherwise it's a, it's a lot of, a lot of stress and time and distraction for, for maybe not that much. So like once you're consistently profitable, you have to start sizing for sure. Yeah. 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 I, I forget who said it and exactly how they said it. It might've been Mike Belfiore or it might've been Lance. Um, I think it was Lance. I, I heard him in a YouTube video that I was watching earlier this year say something to the effect of he would argue that if you're not oversizing into certain moves, like we were just talking about on PXMD this morning, like it's actually irresponsible not to be taking size into stuff like that because, you know, you don't size up on something like that. And then what you get maybe nothing the rest of the week, like we did last week and you missed the one good move. And so now the one quality move that you could oversize on and have oversized gains versus your losses, you didn't take it. So now the rest of the week, you're just going to chop around. Another key element that you will need to, to size is, is the winner's mindset of going into the trade, thinking that it's going to be a, like anticipating it's going to be a winner. Yeah. Cause a lot of the times when you're not fully committed, you kind of already are like teeter tottering you're not you, you're kind of anticipating like you're trading not to lose money versus, you know, anticipating that it's a good trade or, or, or it's going to turn out to be a winner. Yeah. Sure. That, that doesn't yeah. mean blindly yeah. buying and holding and, you know, averaging down because it's going to be a big winner and then ended up blowing up. But, you know, just having the inkling that's trusting yourself that you're making the right decision, um, which yeah. is something that I'm sure a lot of people struggle with. That's something I struggle with. Um, but like coming into the trade, coming into the day, anticipating good results, positive, you know, positive feedback from the market. It takes a bit of just fairly blind, positive thinking, but it also takes when you have a track record of consistency is, is when you should be thinking about taking bigger size. And mm -hmm. people in my, my own mentor sessions ask me all the time, like, when is the right time to size up? And I feel like my answer is usually a couple things. It's like, number one, do you, or how, have you been consistent and you starting to feel like you're working really hard for those gains? That could be an indicator that it's time to size up. Are you really consistent, but just kind of missing those bigger profit days or like PXMD today, medium green, but not an oversized green uh profit on it like that could be a sign that yeah. you just need to realize what moves are the right moves to size up on yeah um, like pxmd this morning gapping up 100 percent. i actually really liked that it was right at about 95 percent coming into the morning because mm -hmm. 
when you have a stock that has gapped up 150, 200% coming into the open, um, longs don't have the conviction to hit the buy button because it's like, how much higher do we really think it's going to go? And shorts will have the conviction that this thing's already up 200%. It has a lot of room to the downside. And then you get that kind of self-fulfilling prophecy. But PXMD this morning was up about 95%, which is like right on the border, which is kind of perfect. If it holds up against like the initial dips that you probably can count on, um, that's a really good spot for a short squeeze. And like LIFW yesterday ran from... I don't know what it where it was at when it um, was right at the open yesterday, but it ran to like 450%. So yeah. if you're starting at 100, you can still go another 100% or 200% higher. Um, but if you're starting at 200, 250, 300, that's when the risk reward really starts to not make sense. You know, the jiggers yeah. up too much pre-market. Yeah, I'm always... Or overly traded too. It could only be up 70%, yeah. but if it was thickly traded pre-market, makes me a bit nervous. Yeah. And what I also liked about it was that it had already had like three pullbacks and then moves higher during pre-market. So you'd almost think like, <clears throat> how much higher really do we think we're going to go? But if it does start squeezing and start reclaiming those levels, then you get something that looks like it might be a short. You get people who are in it short stopping out and covering, and you get a big explosive move like it had. Yeah. That move was great. Yeah. You, you got to be, like Tom said, you got to be kind of blindly optimistic. I think Ross does such a good job at that. I remember a couple of years back when he used to stream, or at least when I used to watch it, I maybe he's still streaming. I'm not really sure. But... uh he would just be like, <laughs> I always thought it was so funny because he, you know, he'd be entering a trade and be like, okay, looking for that, you know, let's say it's at five dollars, looking for five fifty, okay, five fifty. Now, looking to size in for five seventy five. So he was always uh, really nicely telling himself like it's going to keep going, like a little positive yeah. reinforcement, even if it didn't. Uh, oh, there's a pullback. Okay, let's start sizing into it as it you know crawls back high. So he's like constantly telling himself it's going to crawl higher. Because today, mm -hmm, yeah. what I did with PXMD, it pulled back for a second. I stopped out, it popped back up. I got like really uh, a little hectic for, for no reason. And I think it was because I was just busy doing something else. And I kind of pivoted going back and I had to like get back in my head. And I wasn't really focused. Yeah. Um, I was, But I was a little scatterbrained for sure. I didn't do great trading today. Luckily, I'm green. But yeah, I, like what I should have been you know, doing was like really dialed in and saying like, okay, we're at six. You know, we're going to look for that break of that former where, you know, popped up and pulled back. So we're going to look for a new high day. Okay, we broke that, you know, like just kind of telling myself what it should be doing to get very optimistic. Yeah. And if it's not doing that, I should be like, oh, okay, well, this ticker is weaker than I expected. Let's, let's, let's uh, pump the brakes a little bit. Just kind of like speaking yeah. out loud what you want the stock to do. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so helpful. And whenever, whenever we have something that's moving or looks like it sh should be good to trade. If I'm doing a, a session for the warrior members, I'll trade it because I know that it's really helpful for them to see someone who's successful trading live, but also 
I think anybody should be recording their trading, but also like we were just saying, speaking through the trades because um, it helps reinforce everything that you're wanting to see or everything you think is going to happen. Um, and especially if you're recording audio and you can watch it back later, you can notice things that you should have noticed or didn't notice or or did notice and did well on. Um, I think it's super helpful. Yep. I totally agree. Yeah. Recording yourself is super good. I think I'm going to start doing that again. I put a pause on it during the slow summer. Yeah. Uh, and I was often like traveling or, you know, in some random place. So I, I kind of put a pause on it, but I think I'm going to start again because uh, yeah, it's a great idea. And then you can review it and listen to yourself, your thought process. Yeah. Tom, are you recording yourself right now? I knew you were. Uh, yeah, I'm recording my screen, but I really should be, you know, now that you're saying it, I should be actually speaking out loud just what I'm seeing on the chart and my ideas and my setup um, just so I can get that in real time. I think that's that's actually will be very helpful. But right yeah. now, I just, just do no audio. Yeah, yeah so. I think that's fine. I think I think having the recording of you talking through it is can be helpful. It's probably more helpful for other people because you can watch back your trading session and probably have an understanding of what you were thinking when it was doing whatever it was doing. But yeah, I noticed, especially I, I never, uh, before probably midway through this year, I never recorded like my whole sessions until <laughs> kind of recently. And I think it's really helpful because I'm sometimes it's that I'm looking to, really capture a move well so that I can share it on social and that can help me to be patient for the right entry and take good exits um I could see it being kind of a double-edged sword for me personally I find it to be helpful because I I don't want to catch something really stupid on video <laughs> um but even just having the recordings and watching them back later on some of the moves, especially, I'm like, oh, I could have added there instead of taking profit. Yeah, it's definitely a double-edged sword. I totally agree with that because there's so many times where I miss I missed a move in the past because I was like, oh, I need to click the record because the ticker is finally moving. And then I clicked the record, <laughs> but then I was not, you know, then I was chasing because I missed the actual move I wanted to buy. So you basically have to click record and just have it going, I think, in the yeah. background. I think that's the only way to do it. And that's a bit of a yeah. problem right now because I'll, you know, okay, nothing's moving right now. I'm going to close TOS or something like that. And then it's like this back and forth with the recorder. Yeah. I start recording at like 9.27 market time and I just leave it running until I'm done with the morning. Yeah, mm -hmm. I might. I might do it like that where I'll just record my market open session or something like that. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, that's like guaranteed nine 15 until I don't know, 10 or 10, 15 or 10 30. Yeah. Maybe even 11. It's a good idea. I do. Uh, I do end up sometimes with like a seven gigabyte file, but I usually will go through those, edit the clips out that are important and um, just, delete the rest of the main clip yeah um, so actually on the note of recording audio i only capture my internal desktop audio because i'll be playing music and stuff like that 
when I'm only capturing my internal audio on my uh, video editing software on the audio section, um, every time it has a little blip on it, I know that I executed an order there. So it makes it really easy for me to find where I took a position or sold positions and uh, basically like what are the most important parts of that video. So it helps a lot for skimming through and editing or finding trades. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Same, do the same. Hmm. Will I record tomorrow? Do I feel motivated now to record again? A little bit. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's required. I think everyone needs to do it. I don't think. Why wouldn't you? You know, because that's yeah. such valuable data to have. You know, even like I find myself going back through like a year ago, just finding like the best plays of last year and just like watching them again, because mm -hmm. I'm like amazed about how big some of these moves were last year. Um, you know, drug was one I reviewed. Um, that one was that one was massive. NEPT was massive. Um, so like, yeah, stocks like that, um, you know, those were definitely ones you got to review because they're going to come yeah. around again. There's going to be something like that again. 100%. That's what I was just thinking. It's like, what similarities can you find between whatever moved two months ago or three months ago or six months ago and the current move or the current market conditions? And when you can start to recognize those patterns, it's just like reading tape or time and sales. Yeah. The more you can recognize those patterns, the better you can execute on them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's valuable data. Um, also daily report cards. I've been doing that. Um, that's also very helpful too, because uh, you can get your, like, for example, if I wanted to go back to like that trade, that day I traded DRUG last year, I can pull up the recording. I have the entire recording and I have exactly my review that I put on that day about how I uh, analyzed that chart. You know, and that'll give me reference on what was happening previous days that I wrote down, how I was feeling, um, you know, specific entries and exits, what I was looking at on the specific day. Because a year later, you're not going to remember exactly, you know, how you were feeling or just, you know, the specific, you know, A quality setups that you were dialed into. Um, and you you just have a better, yeah, better insight of how you were trading in that specific day for daily report cards. So I think that's also very helpful. And those don't take very long either. Mm -hmm. um, but just like kind of summary of the best, maybe the best setup on the day, uh, your statistics on the day, your your emotional temperature on the day, um, yeah. the goal that you work towards and how well have you, you know, executed <clears throat> that. Yeah. It's really important to check yourself, like how you're emotionally feeling. That's a, that's a really good one. I made that a whole point in my, my log, my daily log, just like, you know, how am I feeling right now? <laughs> mm -hmm. Man. Do I feel like a million bucks today or do I feel like a negative 1000 today? Yeah, it makes such a big difference. Uh, or like if if you have something on your mind or you have to you have a meeting at 10 o'clock, you have to get to yeah. you know, like those things affect my trading so much. It's insane. Yeah, me too. I I do some consulting work as well. Uh, totally different, unrelated field. And I work with um, like a team of people and they're all East coast. So every now and then they'll schedule like a, my time 7am meeting. And at this point, I, 
I might join, but I'll put everything on mute and I'll put a, put the volume like completely down if I'm like really supposed to be there. Um, or if I don't really need to, I kind of just won't at this point because I know how much it affects my trading and how frustrating it is to um, like a couple instances I've the meetings have run over. They were supposed to be like 45 minutes, went an hour and a half or like an hour that went two hours. And I'm still just sitting here in front of the screens kind of frustrated. And then I start taking it out on the stocks, which is terrible. So being aware of that, being aware of meetings, aware of uh, kind of how important my own time is and how important my own focus, ability to focus on this is and make good decisions is uh, the most important. We have another mentor. His name is John. Um, he's been around for a while and he was messaging me this morning. <laughs> he was like, especially after yesterday, he sent me a message this morning that just said, leave. I know who you are. <laughs> and then, <laughs> But the point of what I'm saying is one of the things he said was think about how many good decisions you had to make today in order to be where you are, like profit wise. <laughs> And think about how well you'll be able to continue making good decisions if you stick around. Because mm -hmm. you can't just keep making good decisions all day long, especially as the volume dries up. And I thought that was a really good point. Yeah, decision fatigue, it's a real thing, <laughs> especially in this market, because yeah. you just get so stressed and tilted so quickly. Yep. Even, even the best of us, which yeah. I'm not saying I'm the best of anything, but. I'm half decent, at least. <laughs> I'm good enough to pull in some profit. Yep, I feel you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so unfortunately, November last week uh, started out about negative 7,000. Um, yeah. But yesterday was a small red day. Today I'm green, so I think that puts me at about negative 6 for November, uh, which is not the end of the world i could make that back in two solid days so just trying to be patient i'm 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 pretty confident that that i won't end the month red um just need to kind of let the good moves happen yeah i agree i ended october slightly red i believe uh, which is really unfortunate because I, I had so many big red days. I had a $2.3,000 red day. I had multiple $1,000 red days. And I actually did pretty decent in my green days. But it's like, in the end, it was I was red $347. And that's when I was thinking, like, I can't be taking a $2,000 loss or like $1,200 <clears> just back-to-back $1,000 losses because it's just, it doesn't make sense. Like, so I was like, I got to yeah. reduce my max loss. Um, a little bit like if I'm already trending down, I probably just need to cut it because lately, once I trend down, I, I feel like I don't really get back green anymore. Like I used to, because yeah, same. there are just not a lot of opportunities. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I'm, I'm green this month so far, but very lightly, nothing like to really run home about. Yeah. I, uh, October was a pretty rough month for me just overall i started out with the first week in like a twelve thousand dollar hole and mm -hmm. i was able to get to a like fourteen hundred dollar green month by the end of the month so 
I'm not too worried about being in a, a hole half the size of that to start with. We have three weeks of the month left. Um, just need to be careful. I was I was talking with the guys today in our group, um, and I was like, could it be that we're starting to see a little bit of momentum <laughs> with uh, LIFW and PXMD today? We'll see. I'm yeah, hopeful, but I'm not, uh, I'm not blind. I'm not that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, uh, we will. We will see. Yeah. Are you guys, uh, any, any other thoughts going forward, game plans or anything? Um, or just anything you guys want to share anything on your eyes mind? I, I know. Yeah. I just uh, need to keep it tight. Tight. Yeah. Limit those losses. Get out early. Amen to that. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, kind of just showing up tomorrow, and you know, I tomorrow could be a day where it's, just, it's like there's nothing. Like you know, that could happen tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so I'm not gonna like come in tomorrow like guns blazing first first trade. You know, ten thousand dollar position size. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that, but um yeah, if, if it does, like if I see something like PXMD had a nice good rally, you know, pre-market or consolidating on you know solid support, um, I will definitely put the pedal to the metal again, maybe even harder, um, because of the recent gappers. But you know, if I if I come in tomorrow and everything's like dry volume pre-market, you know, it's only yeah. like a couple penny stocks that are like gapping up 50%, like we've been getting like Maybe on Monday, uh, yeah, no, last week, just just a bunch of crappy penny stocks that were just had no volume. Um, I'm not just gonna like take ten thousand dollars on the first thing that moves on you know tomorrow morning at nine thirty if there was nothing indicating that this could be a hot another hot day. So yeah. I'm usually, you know, waiting for some sort of confirmation, uh, you know, with volume, with news, you know, the size of the gap. Um, that is usually my cue to 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 assume that it's gonna you know we're gonna see a bigger move. You know, PXMD um, right at the open had two million shares traded. I I don't even know what the top volume was it on the day. I don't, you can probably take a look. I don't have my think or swim up, but I think it was around two million shares, maybe three million shares, something like that. But that's massive, massive volume on an eight dollar stock. That is. Yeah, that's that's a that's, that's millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars trading every single minute. Uh, it, so something like that, that's definitely going to clue you in on uh, and wanting to you know take that big size and really go for a big trade. But you know, like I said, if it's last week and you just get a couple of penny stocks on crap volume, I yeah, I'm not going to trade. That's been my biggest issue too, especially stuff like TNON, TNON. Um, they only move a few cents at a time. And so I'll take like a 6,000 share position on it at the wrong spot. And I'll have to stop out for a 10 cent loss or whatever, but that's 600 bucks. And yeah. that's what happened yesterday. I just took like two or three of those and I was down $2,000 on it. Ugh. So I know I need to be really careful about that. The most important thing I can do right now is only trade things like LIFW, PXMD, something that has a lot of volume and range. Yeah. And 
even with the volatility, I know that I'm good at trading those things. So that's what I need to wait for. Yeah, I agree. Same here. Uh, kind of like exactly what you guys said. And ultimately it comes down to just understanding if it's a good stock or not. I mean, PXMD, yeah. the fundamentals were perfect and not in terms of like the company's balance sheet, but in terms of like low float, yeah. low market cap. I mean, the float was under a million. The market cap was like 5 million. It is 5 million now. It was basically, you know, uh, what was it? Two, two and a half million or something before it had a catalyst biotech pharmaceutical those has been hot right now and, you know, broke some big resistance zones. So just like a lot of check marks. Right. And then yeah. sometimes you trade a ticker, at least I know myself <laughs> just trading some complete nonsense. And I just give back mm -hmm. a few hundred on like, why did I do that? So you're like, why was I even touching that? Yeah. Why was I touching that? So it's like, <laughs> you just got to <laughs> realize the ticker when it's a good ticker, just be like, okay, well, you know, it's a good ticker. I got to really trade it and I got to step up with size as opposed to those last three tickers I traded for no reason. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, I don't want to trade this one because I don't trust it. It's like, no, this is yeah. the good one. So just understanding when, when the ticker is good and, and just getting aggressive. Every, every time I'm messing around with that garbage that just isn't really moving, I always end up regretting it because I'll work myself red and then the right thing pops up. I trade it well. And I get back to flat or maybe small green. Yeah. And then I'm a little bit frustrated still that I'm not more green. And then it's hard for me to keep trading it well or actually lock in that profit. Yeah. So I know that that's something that is a challenge for me. Yeah. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Bad trades will throw you off sometimes. Or just the, just the right amount of bad trades will sometimes give you a little bit more kick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that too you have to get the right amount of bad <laughs> before you're like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna wait for the right setup and i'm gonna hit it with good size yeah that's like the right mentality yeah it's so first true. i'm gonna be patient then yeah. attack <laughs> yeah that's that's a, that was my kind of red today it wasn't so red where i was like throwing my laptop out the window it was just i was just like yeah. all right i gotta be patient and i was just like mm. perfect and then, and then I, <laughs> I hit the right move with right size. And then that was yeah, like, that's where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess on that note, we could probably call it here. Keep it nice, short, sweet today. Um, yeah. yeah. Unless someone else has something to say, but all good. All right. Yeah. Then. Nope. Time for the gym. We got squats today. Gym dinner. <laughs> nice. What are you doing, nice. Tom? Running a marathon? Uh, gym. Doing, doing a gym for sure. Um, probably just probably hanging out, studying up this chart, studying up the chart. Yeah. yeah okay. Amen to that study. Up. That's doesn't get better. Yeah. All right, guys. I make room for that every day. Hundred percent. Well, see ya, right. and uh, see you guys tomorrow as well. All right. Catch you guys later. Ciao. See you guys.